Welcome to the Empath Rising Podcast, where we are healing from narcissistic abuse with human design, tarot, and astrology. I'm your host, Raven Scott. Make sure to share this podcast with a friend, spread the love, spread the light, and subscribe. felt comfort with you, my newfound savior, on a pedestal I placed you, ignorant to the fact you'd fall, your warmth grew cold, I recall, I waited and waited for that warmth to return, but never, ever did it long enough to burn, I thought it was my fault, fracture I could control. Am I the problem? Numbing, drinking, and depressed. Too scared to grab hold of that life vest. Pushing and pressing to fit you into the dream. And yet, all I desired was to be free. But once free of your torment, it felt as though my heart were to explode. Piece of me felt missing, but I couldn't hold. My relationships were all gone. I couldn't help but say I'm sorry, even though I did nothing wrong. You broke me, you ruined me. I had no way out or a way to mend. I lost hold of my mind. I lost hold of my friends, my joy, my fight, my home, my village, and my rights. I was outcast alone with barely anyone to support me, but they were all I needed to survive. Just one to find my strength of self, to build my life and to thrive. Your harness of blame, shame, and disappointment is gone. I now radiate and live in laughter, acceptance, surrender, and song. I learned how to burn off my insecurities and shadow because of you. If you had not tried to control me, I would still be a zombie too. But wait, none of the credit goes to you. I did it, not you. The tears, the emotional work, and the focus. I did the healing and relit my fire inside of me. Hocus pocus. You don't hold power over me anymore. You aren't my meter for my self-worth. I feel whole, worthy of love and acceptance. I hold my light, power, and worth and defeat the past me of repugnance and low self-worth. Are you craving or addicted to melodrama? Do you feel like it's always your fault and you're holding on tight? In order to feel important, to feel needed in some scenario, you think, no way, that can't be me. But I know at one point in my life, 
yes, this truly was my state of mind. My ego was holding on to that melodrama, was holding on to the past, holding on to what I thought I could control. And I always took everything in as my fault. I internalized it all. And as I witness someone very similar to me in my life, it is this eerie feeling of watching that like, yep, you just have to go through the emotional growth of learning that when you compare yourself, when you think that you are less than, when in all truth and the, the facts show you right in front of you that you are successful, you're phenomenal, you are amazing and bright and smart and successful, you don't believe it. You just believe the negative talk inside of your head. And this is something that the narcissist does prey on. So really coaching and reparenting yourself to know that, no, this is not my fault. This is not at all something that I can control. This is something that is you, you know, the, the devaluation of the narcissist. You can't control a dying relationship can't revive somebody who's already dead past the point that's why they the doctors do it for a little bit and then they call the time time of death is your relationship does it need to be called are you at that point where there is a time of death and you need to let go here's one example from my book empath and the narcissist how to overcome narcissistic abuse, recover from PTSD, codependency, and gaslighting on page 74, chapter 5. It's cold and raining, and I'm pounding on the glass door. He's locked me outside in my lingerie. Really? On a balcony, on a cliff, with no exit route in sight. I am literally stuck to keep all I have to do is keep knocking and begging, which he he loves. I give up because he's just staring at me with this wicked eye. And I just sit down and I shiver out in the cold and pray for him to open it soon. By the way, I had quit praying to God years before this moment. I don't know how this happened. What I did, what did I do wrong? I always thought it was my fault, but in this instance, this was just outrageous. We started arguing over who knows what. Then I was pushed out of the door. It was mind-boggling. And just a few hours ago, he was rubbing my feet and laughing. This is a true example of where there's this cognitive dissonance. Love bombing, then devaluation. You know, I love you, and then you are dead to me, kind of like scum and then they play tricks with you of control and do horrible things to you now if you are codependent on a narcissist then it's hard for you to pull away from this dysfunctional relationship pattern and you do think that this is your fault but this is the true sign here I would say this scenario should have had me leave but this is halfway through my journey of leaving from him. I did try to leave seven times. 
But for some reason, this particular instance, I didn't leave. I just was so grateful he let me in. And it felt like like this addiction, this clicking, like, oh, okay. Like, now I'm in. And that was silly. Like, I can't believe you did that. But whatever. Like, let's move on. Let's, let's just please you until you know, you're happy again. But unfortunately, that sadistic act is what pleased him. And I should have woken up to the fact that it wasn't my fault. But when you are told over and over again, that's all you question is, is this my fault? Because for me, the pattern was, I would put everything into adorning him. I would make him the filet mignon perfectly cooked dinner with delicious side dishes. I would clean the dishes. I would make sure everything was clean and vacuumed. I would get our cocktails. We would light a candle. We would sit down and we'd have a romantic, you know, precursor time. And then I would put on lingerie or high heels or things like that. And then you can imagine what's next. I won't say that loud just in case you don't have these in your headphones and there's kids around. And so this just went on and on. And then he would say, hey, I'm I'm displeased. But it wasn't displeasure. It was him feeling out of body, disconnected, cannot perform due to whatever was going on in his own head because he felt like he belonged in a different body, maybe a woman's body, or maybe he thought he needed to be successful, like whatever was running through his head, like he should be providing with more of an income. He didn't want to work, you know, where he was working, all the things that run through your head that kind of cause you to not be able to be in the moment. But then that was blamed on me. Everything in his head was blamed on me. It was my fault. I wasn't doing the right thing, you know, looking the right way being awake enough after multiple drinks and multiple hours. Like, you you can't blame that on somebody. That's just normal human, like, physiology. But he still did, and I still took it on as it was my fault. It was my fault that he couldn't finish. It was always my fault. Always my fault. And so that's when, at my lowest point in Tahiti, where I was just like, fine, yeah, It is my fault. I can't, like, nothing can be fixed here in the most romantic place ever on the beach in a cottage. So I guess I'm just going to drink this entire bottle of vodka and just disappear. Fortunately, I fell asleep before I could drink the entire bottle. And that did not happen. And I'm here to tell you that you don't have to get to that low point. I mean, this story I shared with you, that was my midpoint. That should have been the point where I was like, this dude's crazy. I'm out of here, right? But I didn't have enough confidence in myself, enough resolve. I was in codependently stuck to him too deep. I was prideful. That's part of my gene key and human design shadow is I will always block my success in life if I'm prideful and that's what I was doing. I didn't want to admit that, you know, my breaking off relationships with my family and everyone was for nothing. Like, 
because that would mean that I was stupid and wrong and I would have to say sorry. And pride doesn't like to say sorry. So I resisted for a long time thinking that the next best thing would fix us. The next house, the next job, the next level in our relationship, marriage, you know, a kid. Thankfully, that lasted for like a hot second and we never conceived. That literally would have been a nightmare. So I imagine, I know what you're feeling if you do have a child with a narcissist. It is a nightmare. So all this to say, it is not your fault. Whatever you're thinking right now, is this my fault? The only fault is maybe you can, you're similar to me where you're being prideful and you're not leaving soon enough from a narcissistic situation. Now this is different than a toxic relationship or a relationship that just needs some therapy or a bit of work and both people want to work on the relationship, but they're kind of both stuck in their pride or their shadow. It's very different than being with a narcissist. I think we can all self-evaluate, just look within which one is which. If you can express your feelings to someone who's really trying and you just need therapy, that that person is worth working on. You know, when they're a safe place and they can hear you and they can say, yeah, no, I, I, I'm sorry you feel that way, I hear you. And I also feel like this, right? They may still be upset, but with a narcissist, it is never, I hear you. You will never hear, you're right, unless they're about to manipulate you into, you're right, but, and then they go on with their sale of why it's really actually not their fault, it's your fault. And they're not going to take any responsibility and they're going to manipulate you and blame you. Emotional abuse can be so draining. It is so toxic. It is the, the worst type of abuse, I think, only because it's invisible like gas versus pretty blatant and obvious. But when it becomes physical, you're already wrapped up in the emotional. So I'm not saying like, oh, they hit you once and you leave because that you're already wrapped up in the codependency with the emotional realm. So I understand if it takes you a couple of times as well, just think about if you have children, what is the best for their safety? Would you put yourself in their shoes? Would you want your child to be beat up in a relationship or would you want them to find a safe space to try and work on their relationship or completely leave. I'm sure if all of our children were with someone like this, we'd all say, screw him, leave, right? You're, you're the most defensive of your children. So treat yourself just as if you were your own child and scream at yourself. And your inner child is screaming at you saying, leave, leave. Don't put up with this. It's not your fault. We all make mistakes, not just you. This whole relationship doesn't weigh only on your side. This is Libra season, so this is a perfect theme about the imbalance of the scales in a relationship. It takes two to have an argument. It takes two to have a conflict, and it takes two to resolve a conflict. You can't just take it all on yourself and be like, yeah, I can fix this. It's me, yeah. I remember... I've said this so many times in the podcast, but I'll say it again. Like we would have a big blow up. Let's say the day after, right? This happened. He locked me out on the balcony. You know what we did? 
we took a nice walk, right? I, I probably drank one more shot so I could pass out in bed the night before. And then we took a long walk the next morning after we woke up, ate breakfast, late, slept in really late. And our walk proceeded to go on for about an hour or so. And the whole time I am introspecting out loud, like, how can we fix this? That really was a problem. Like, that really was uncomfortable last night. Like, I probably didn't even say, you mf -er, you locked me out. Like, how could you do that? I was too kind. I didn't even say that. I just said, like, why this is broken? How can we fix it? Right? Like, as a very introspective, kind Libra moon that I am. Uh, and he would just go on and on and talk so abstractly in such a big roundabout circle to never take responsibility of what he could do. But he always was very willing to point out what I could do. You know, you should do this. And it wouldn't be like very simple things like wear more high heels. Those were other solutions for other times. But these walks, these walks were for times where he would say, he would try and get all philosophical, except he was an agnostic. So he had no philosophy. There was no um, Buddhism that he pulled up. There was no um, stoicism that he pulled up and he quoted. There was no Bible. There was nothing. It was just this like smoke and mirrors of how to change my reality, how to change my focus. And it just flew over my head. I couldn't ground it into anything. It didn't make any sense to apply, but somehow it made me feel pacified. It made me feel good enough to be like, okay, I think I know what I need to do or think about a little bit longer. It, it was just such a masterful smoke and mirrors. It was seriously insane. I don't even know how it like sunk in and lasted for so long but he had a way with words, that one. Uh, and he was a Pisces moon. And so maybe like his ability to kind of dive deep into the depths of stuff, like words, like just very cloudy, smoky, murky. There's, I don't know. I can't even describe it. You see how I'm trying to use like energy and elements to try and describe it? If you've experienced it, you know what I mean? Like you just can't describe it. It's just this amazingly talented pull on twisting words to put everything back on you and for you to accept it for you to be like yes you are right that was my fault in some existential or whatever some ethereal way I will do some more personal growth and I will work on it ironically the only personal growth that I did in that relationship was trying to fix the relationship it actually wasn't personal growth it was just like I don't know, chasing my tail, survival. The real personal growth started when I left and I was started to heal from the PTSD and the shock and find all of these resources to actually gain traction to walk forward in my path. See, when we're with a narcissist, we are chasing our tail and spinning round and round. No wonder we're confused and dizzy. So with all of that being said, I'll say it again, it is not your fault. It is the way that we need to move forward out of the relationship. It is the sign. It is not the relationship is your fault. 
So I know if you haven't grabbed it already, the there are tools in the back of this chapter, the in every chapter, um, that guide you through how to heal from this particular segment. This this chapter actually talks about narcissistic abuse, like actually in general. And then listen to me, right? It has a message for you. You are allowed to say no. And anytime you feel uncomfortable, if you are finding yourself in a situation with somebody whom you may really like, but they are not respecting your body or and your soul, and they are not listening to your boundaries, and therefore they are not respecting you. So if you say no and they still push, that's also not your fault. So here, the main human design element really is at play is the open solar plexus here because of this, yeah, I guess maybe it's an energetic thing I was doing. I was amplifying, I feel like also the will center, I was amplifying his agenda. The agenda is to stay together with no solution. Just keep doing the insane thing over and over again and we'll be good. And that pumped out to me as I'm receiving it with my Oba Will Center. I'm like, yeah, cool, great, yeah, got it, totally. And then tools that you can do to help you strengthen and defend yourself against this type of negative energy of narcissism is the empath protection meditation, which you can practice on this podcast. I'll link it in the episode page and YouTube. And also I have the inner authority mantra. The inner authority mantra I'll read to you here as we close. I am light, I am love, I am calm, confident, and powerful. I am protected. I allow what the universe brings in my life, and I repel what is not healthy for my soul's journey. I am one with the divine. What needs to come, come. What needs to go, go. Thank you so much for joining us on this enlightened episode here, the Empath Rising podcast. It would mean the world to us and actually add to the success of this podcast if you shared it with a friend, share it on your socials and tag me at Raven Scott Show. To continue your journey towards self-discovery and healing, don't forget to grab your free human design chart. It's personalized roadmap to understanding your unique energy blueprint at ravenscott.show. And for an even deeper insights into your empathic nature and relationships, be sure to listen to the Empath and the Narcissist Audible book, or you can grab your paperback. It is a profound exploration of my specific journey and healing, providing you with tools for healing as well. And an exclusive offer here for you just for you, you empathic community here in the podcast, you can now get your personalized human design chart reading for only $50. If you click the link in the show notes, head over to the episode page. It's an invaluable opportunity to gain clarity and guidance on your life path and areas that you can focus on to guard yourself up against the narcissist. 
And if you'd like to learn more about how to read your chart and the human design gate transits, I also have an invaluable offer to get immediate access to our exclusive podcast content for a limited time price at $19.99. This is your chance to take control of your healing process, to gain clarity, and to unleash your true potential. So simply click the link to the show notes and simply click the link in the show notes to the episode page and you will find the link there to join the membership to gain exclusive human design content directly to your podcast feed wherever you're listening. You'll get an email. It'll send you that RSS feed that you can copy and paste and follow. It's so simple and you don't have to download any other apps. So join now and listen to the exclusive information and gain your roadmap on how to understand your human design chart, as well as starting to understand each of the human design gates as they transit. Remember, I'm here to support you. Your empathic ability is your uniqueness. So keep your empathic light shining brightly and let human design be your guiding star on your journey to healing and self-discovery. I'm here to support you at every step of the way. And on the episode page, you can participate in the poll question I've posted so we can create a community amongst ourselves on the website, as well as leave a reply of your thoughts and your questions regarding today's episode. So all of that is in the one link in the show notes. Head on over to the episode page. Until next time, keep your unique light shining. Swear I won't forget this, why do I regret this? In my mind reckless, thoughts are feeling endless Sitting up I'm breathless, anxiety's infectious I feel so defenseless, betrayed and embarrassed I hate being open, I hate being broken I feel like an ocean filled up with emotion Anger ain't a potion, rub it on like lotion I can feel it soaking, reopen, the scars have awoken I can't move on till I let go I feel so lost now Never at home, need to be strong, every breath hold, cause I can't move on till I let go, I can't move on till I let go, I feel so lost, never at home, need to be strong, every breath hold, cause I can't move on till I let go.